Welcome to the Kurdistan in America podcast, the official podcast of the Kurdistan Regional Government representation in Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Dulovan Barwari. In the second episode of season four, we had the pleasure of interviewing Mr. John Cooper, the mayor of Nashville, a city known worldwide as Music City and known to many as Little Kurdistan because of its large and vibrant Kurdish community. Mayor Cooper shared with us his leadership journey and vision for Nashville. He provided us with valuable insights into his leadership style and approach to tackling the challenges and opportunities that arise in the dynamic and diverse city of Nashville, which is home to 15 to 20,000 Kurds who have made the city their home over the past 50 years. The mayor also shared his passion for the Kurdish community in Nashville and talked about the Erbil Nashville Sister City Initiative. He emphasized the significance of building cultural and economic ties between the two cities and the potential benefits for both communities. Also, Mayor Cooper shared his views on the Kurds generally and the Kurdish community's contribution to Nashville, highlighting the rich culture and traditions they bring to the city. We hope that you'll enjoy this episode and gain a deeper understanding of Mayor Cooper's perspective on leadership and community building the Kurdish community in Nashville, and the Kurdish-American relationship. And now, the interview with Mayor Cooper. Mayor Cooper, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure having you. Thank you so much. Uh, it's an honor having you, actually. Yeah, well, well, the honor is mine. I mean, there's no community more important than uh, our Kurdish Nashvillians. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Now, let's begin with your role as the mayor of Nashville. Okay. Please tell us about your experience as a mayor. What are some of the challenges that you usually encounter? Well, uh, all mayors in America are a little bit different. Here in Nashville, uh, we have metropolitan government. So I'm also the county mayor as well as the city mayor. And that makes me responsible for all kinds of things from school education funding to police and public safety to we also have the power company and the water company and the airport here. So local utilities and then things like uh, streets and trash and litter and recycling and parks and libraries. Uh, the list goes on and on. So it's a little bit of uh, uh, just the front line of uh quality of life for people in the United States. At least that's the mayor's job here in Nashville. The, the city, the first time I visited the city was back in 1997. Uh, oh. And and then I revisited again last year in December when the KRG was hosting the, the reception for the Sister City program, the Erbil Nashville Sister City Initiative. And I noticed that the city has grown so much. It's so impressive. There, there's such a big boom, in, especially in real estate and development. It is um, to everyone who comes, um, even in the last five years, much less the last 25 years. Um, And we're ranked always along with uh, Austin, Texas, and probably Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina, as the kind of the uh, fastest growing, most successful cities in America. Um, That sometimes is more growth than we would like to have, uh, for sure. But we want to keep our old-fashioned values of being a welcoming, tolerant C. 
city, we're really kind of a university town with about 11 colleges and universities in Nashville, as well as the host to the global music industry. And all these things have really helped our growth. It's quite impressive to have 11 universities in Nashville. Now, you also have a very large Kurdish community in Nashville. My question now is, first, when was the first time you heard about Kurds? And second, when was the first time you encountered with the Kurdish community? Well, I've, I've got sort of a fascinating little detail. I uh, just last week dedicated a historical marker to one of the first Kurdish neighborhoods in Nashville. And that really goes back to the 1970s. It's pretty amazing to have a new American community that you have a historical marker for. And that shows how embedded our, Turkish our Kurdish neighbors are here in Nashville. So the first start of it, I think, was back in the 1970s, and then it's kind of grown fairly constantly since then, with, I think, a lot more in some decades, such as the 1990s. And, you know, I, I love it that, in effect, people are choosing us over time. People, in a way, uh, it's a positive um, review of Nashville, Tennessee when people want to come here and relatives tell people to come when they come to America, come to Nashville. And so I just think it's a big credit to our city. Absolutely. Now, in terms of the Kurdish community, what do you find unique about it? Oh, well, I mean, it's such a resilient and creative and self-sufficient community. It really, I, I, when I go to the mosque there, to the Saladin Center in Nashville, you really see people that uh, I, I kind of feel like I grew up with in rural Tennessee. This is hardworking religious people with family first values supporting each other. And it's the kind of um, sincere, self-sufficient people that I think America has always really done well for and with. Um, and you see that in a flourishing small business environment by the Kurdish business community is uh, really expanding and I think flourishing. Um, but you can tell sometimes the difficulty of the journey to get here. And I think it, creates a certain, if you would, kind of nobility, you know, that people are here by choice. It was hard to get here. Um, you kind of, you know, you, you're coming into a faraway city and a faraway country. And again, um, it, it reflects a struggle that Americans who are born here don't always have. And I think, however, all of us appreciate it when we see it, that extra struggle that's come from this community. Absolutely. Nashville has become to know, be known as the Little Kurdistan. In our, well, in very our good. Yeah. Now, there is also the Sister City Initiative, Nashville Erbil Sister City Initiative that has been, been undertaken for a few years, I believe. Yeah. What's your opinion on that? Well, uh, what a compliment to us. You know, Erbil is much bigger than we are at 1.6 million. 
you know, its history is enormous. You know, Nashville just dates back to 1780. Rebill has a few more thousand years on that. Um, a history that goes back, you know, before Alexander the Great is, I think, just kind of midway through the history of Erbil. So it's a great honor to be in that conversation. I think I look forward to us being successful and having a formal sister city relationship. But that just is ratifying what I think is the, the current relationship, which is a whole lot of love and understanding between the two cities and communities. Absolutely. Now, how how can these two cities benefit from becoming sister cities? Well, I, I'm really excited about things like cultural awareness and exchanges. And then that would include business and tourism as well as trade. And then to have um, our Kurdish neighbors help introduce us back to a, a whole nother country a whole nother culture that we uh, benefit from understanding uh, another culture. It's a great opportunity to do it. I think, again, the basic cultural framework of the two cities is strong enough that people will have a natural affinity for each other and have it be part of what Nashvilleians go do when we go out and see the world. There's more than just Paris and Rome. There's Erbil and Kurdistan and a whole other region of understanding. Now, ultimately, the business exchange, I think, leads to technology and investment and uh, using culture as a base. So formalizing what's already happening, I think, will be a great thing. Perhaps another pillar would be education, since Nashville is a, uh, is a university town. Eleven universities and colleges, exactly. Yeah. And it would be great to promote that exchange again on a more formal basis. Absolutely. Now the Sister City Board is planning to visit Erbil at some point, I believe in May or so. Will you be visiting Erbil as well? I, I, well, I'm hoping to. I want to. It's a little bit early for me to know my my schedule, but we'll, if I'm not there, we'll have quite the group, but I, I would, I would love to be considered to join uh, that work. And again, um, the challenges around the world must reappreciate, and this, today's the anniversary of the invasion in the Ukraine, the allies and relationships that the U.S. needs to have with countries around the world. And, and challenging regions, um, and that that is created by understanding each other and having actual friendships across uh, country lines. Very well said. Now, what other areas can Nashville engage with the Kurdistan region, in your view? Well, I, uh, I, again, uh, foreign investment back and forth and trade, uh, I think, is a real start once you get beyond education and cultural exchanges. Uh, Nashville has really benefited from the food scene that uh, Kurdistan has brought to Nashville. We have quite a few famous restaurants that are based on Kurdish cuisine. And so I think the ability to extend that is very great. I also think that uh, Kurdish musicians uh, 
there are several well-known ones here that I'm sure there are others in Kurdistan that can help find a global audience through the recording platform that Nashville represents. Um, so those two areas, again, food and music are easy sell. They're cross-border. Um, you know, people are excited to experience greatness from another culture, whether again, it's food or music or art. And I think these, these are automatic places to uh, seek a deeper connection. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, Kurds generally are known for their food, cuisine, and music as well in the region. Oh, yes. See, Music City. It's an there you go. There's more, more connections, sharing the same values. Now, last year was a pretty exciting year. We had both the, the governor of Erbil and Duhok visit Nashville. And the KRJ also uh, held a reception for the Sister City program in December. That's where we met in person yeah, last in year. Hermitage Hotel. Yes. Yes. Very, enjoyed it very much. Now let's turn back to you. You've done some fantastic work recognizing the Kurdish community. For instance, you declared March as the Kurdish History Month or Heritage, which is really appreciated by Kurdish Americans like me. I'm curious to know what inspired you to choose March for this special recognition? Oh, well, let's see. That's a good question. It's springtime. Right. That's always a good, helpful symbol of nurturing relationship between two cultures. And uh, again, I think it really comes to no surprise to people in Nashville that a Kurdish Heritage Month is appropriate. I mean, we have football stars on our local high school teams who are Kurdish Nashvillians. I mean, there's a deep integration of the culture that's going on here. And I think it's just exciting for people to understand how much culture and history Kurdistan has. You know, again, we, we only go back a couple of hundred years. It's just very inspiring to us to learn about cultures that go back thousands of years. And again, to understand that and to celebrate it, you, you need to have a month. Right? There's a lot there. Yeah, in, in, in March, March actually is... Uh... Proper is the perfect month for Kurdish History Month because a lot takes place in March. Okay. We have the Nauru celebration on the 21st, uh, which is the Kurdish New Year, as well as national holidays. Uh, well, I do understand, by the way, that the summers are quite hot and and no rain and uh, pretty pretty hot. So I guess March is a pivotal month where people are thinking that there's going to be a pretty hot summer ahead. But um, we like hot weather here in Nashville, so, you know, that's not a deterrent. But uh, I guess I, it helps appreciate that March is really the swing season, isn't it? Between the rainier, cooler winter and the, and the fairly hot summer there Absolutely. in Erville. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, there was also a recent event that took place, I believe, last month. Nashville put up a historical marker to acknowledge and yes. honor honor the Kurdish community. What can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I, it, it's a great moment for the city again, and I think it's an, a useful moment to transition how we think of the Kurdish community not as 
recent immigrants to our country and more of a long-standing ethnic community that has happened to come to Nashville. And the historic marker, I think, really recognizes that, that it is a, now a 50-year tradition um, as we build deeper roots and connections. And all of America is built this way. You know, all of America is filled with communities, with the exception of our, our first Americans, our Native Americans, have all come from another country building America. And the 50-year work that's been going on in the Kurdish Nashvilleian community, it's, it's super great to have a formal marker honoring that work. Well, on behalf of Kurdish Americans, greatly appreciate it. I could speak for everyone, I guess, on this. Well, and, and right back at you, as they say, because, again, I think it's a credit to us that we've been picked for this community of, you know, hardworking, uh, community-focused folks. And it also honors the tradition of America, where we all got here through, you know, the same process over the many years. And to have Kurdistan in it now for 50 years is, again, it's a great thing to have a marker actually celebrating that work. Very well said. Now, your brother, Jim Cooper, was a member of Congress for many years and recently retired. He also supported the Kurdish community and is greatly missed by us, by the way. What drove you and your brother to public service? Uh, Well, (laughs) Well, good question. Sometimes you think Uh, we, we had a family tradition of it. So I think we were more exposed to it and viewed it as a very, uh, that it's kind of duty, the duty of citizens to be engaged in their government and to try to make the world a better place for your children and grandchildren. And that it's all of our obligation not to ignore public service, but to make public service and the community in which we serve really better than you found it. And we were kind of raised with that. It's a little bit out of fashion, I guess, in America. It's a little bit more than maybe it used to be. But it was something that we were certainly raised with. And I think we both we both got that um, to some degree. Uh, he, he was in Congress for over 30 years, a long time. I had a myself a long career in business before I kind of came to um, public service kind of later in my career. Um, So there's a little bit of difference there, but thank you for uh, giving Jim a shout out. I know he um, is very proud of his work on behalf of Kurdish people and Kurdistan while he was in Congress. And that's a very important relationship for America in uh, what feels like an increasingly troubled world. We absolutely appreciate his support. And we thank you both for for your outstanding job and and your support to the Kurdish community and Kurdish people in general. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'll tell him. I'll tell him that you asked about him. Uh, Thank you. And uh, I sure will. Now I'm reaching towards the end of the interview, the podcast interview, and I have a few questions. 
What is a word or phrase that describes Kurt or Kurdistan for you? Um, well, that is a great question. I, I think it, I, I'm always compelled by just the honesty, you know, the the just straightforward honesty of the Kurdish people that I know, you know, that these are people who clearly have seen a lot of life, both good and bad, and they're dealing with it directly and de de determined bring this level of courage to their daily life that is ennobling for people to see. I, I think the honesty part might be the, the our tie to our tribal values of some, yeah. the, well, the honor code, yeah, the, the honesty, yeah. Well, you definitely feel it, that if if you somebody gives you their word, they take that very seriously. You know, they, they take, you know, um, their relationships very seriously. They take their family pride very seriously. And Absolutely. All, that, Absolutely. all that is just great to see. I think that's one thing that we have in common with, uh, the, with the South and the people of Nashville especially as well. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, we like to think of ourselves in the South as a little bit old-fashioned from time to time and protective of our values. And I think you can feel that in the Kurdish community, too. Absolutely. Now, what is a word or phrase that describes Nashville for you? Well, opportunity is a phrase I think we just have to use. We were kind of a sleepy Southern capital for a long time. We had some universities. But we were, uh, again, and we were a friendly town, but we were a town. We were a ville, and now we've become a city. We have a bit of a global stage. We've got a beautiful brand new, mostly brand new international airport. You have uh, technology companies coming here from the West Coast. Uh, again, you've got the global music industry. So the... There's a sort of an analysis in America about the importance of the creative class, um, creators, creating content for things like the Internet. And your success of your city will be uh, how much content are you creating? In effect, it's a very digital economy or Internet way to look at things. And Nashville is very famous for being at the top of the list of for its creative class per capita. Uh, in a way, that's we're uploading a whole lot of stuff to the internet every day, both from our music and our academics. And then our major industry here is healthcare. And that's also a global uh, industry, which is not that cyclical and have, in a nice, nice way of thinking about it. You know, we're all going to need healthcare and we're all going to need more healthcare and healthcare is able to do a whole lot more than it used to. And Nashville is a center of that industry globally. So all that mixed together creates just a lot of opportunity. Now, sometimes it's hard for people to find or to plug into that opportunity, but it is certainly there. And you see it with all the construction and the building and the cranes as we are literally building a new city. Absolutely. I noticed that in December when I visited. Uh, now, the final question is, how would you describe America? What's a word or phrase that describes America for you? <laughs> uh, well, I, I know it's fashionable for people to be um, 
a little concerned or challenged, particularly about the divisiveness that feels to be part of the period of time that we're entering in. Um, but America has had periods of great divisiveness before. Um, after the Civil War, there was about 30 years that Congress was always one or two seats apart from a majority and a minority, and it was always swapping back and forth the same way that we are now. So I just, I think it um, it's time for us to get our confidence back a little bit that being a liberal democracy is not, in fact, a bad thing. It's nothing to be ashamed of. In fact, um, we should be proud of the progress that we have made and that the world has made in being a um, more just world with more people living in greater safety and prosperity than ever before. And uh, after World War II, I think people, it was easy for people to immediately recognize that. And then in time, we, we no longer look at that as freshly as we should. But this experiment of democracy, um, you know, there's a popular foreign policy book that's been written. I think the title is, you know, the jungle is growing back. Well, there's always going to be a jungle out there. There's always going to be a frontier. There's always going to be authoritarian regimes not letting people live freely. And and so we have to celebrate all the work that goes in to, uh, frankly, this Western construct of free people living with great independence and freedom and as their own sovereign selves. And I think America's global role in that, encouraging that, is unique in history. And again, we need to step back from being so disappointed in ourselves and, in fact, recognize that we've been doing a lot of great stuff for a long time. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. America has been the leader in the, uh, the liberal international order and spreading democracy abroad. Uh, and and, and uh, name a better order. You know, uh, couldn't agree you know, more. Name a better order. You know, that it, uh, it is absolutely the best order. Yeah, uh, yeah. For the greatest number of people. But we have to be always constant in our communicating that and, and affect our, our selling that around the world because too many interests are happy to sell a different narrative. Very well said. Thank you so much for the interview, Mayor Cooper. I appreciate it. It's an honor having you. Thank you. Well, it's a great honor. Great to see you back in December. And now don't be a stranger. Likewise. Thank you so much. It's an honor okay. having you. Thank you for listening to the Kurdistan in America podcast, the official podcast of the Kurdistan Regional Government representation in Washington, D.C. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast either on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google. Also, for more information about the Kurdistan region, please visit our website at www.us.gov.krd or follow us on Twitter at krg_usa.